Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Hi, guys. Welcome to the podcast. We are on the road, aren't we, honey? Yeah, we are in northern Idaho right now. Yeah, so if the audio quality isn't as good as usual, it's because we're using iPhones today. But the content (laughs) should be, Lord willing, outstanding. I hope so. Yeah, (laughs) praise God. He's so good. So we're so glad you joined us while we're on the road here. Mm -hmm. And maybe you're on the road Boy, I love driving, by the way, on a side note. It's because you get so much thinking done. And if you have kids with you, you get to talk to them in deep conversation, which is amazing. So we're talking about how to stop the yelling in your home. And you're like, wait a minute. How do you know we have yelling in our home? Well, are you human? Now, it is possible there's not yelling in some homes out there. And for Mm -hmm. you, we congratulate you. But I think at times people can lose their cool and it can happen with parents and it can happen with kids Mm -hmm. and usually when one or the other happens both happen that's right i mean the reality is we were just talking about how important it is to recognize that um as parents you know obviously we don't know it all and we aren't perfect right we we did a podcast on no perfect parents allowed you gotta go listen to that one because that one kind of goes along with this one it's a good message too Um, but the reality is that all humans, whether you're a parent or a child or a young adult or a single or a grandparent, we all have the tendency when we're in fellowship with one another, like we're walking through life together to rub each other the wrong way, to offend one another, to provoke one another. Right. Um, and the Bible has some warnings in scripture for us as parents But those are good warnings for all people, not just fathers. And think about the uncertain world we're living in and all the changes are happening, all the conflict happening in our world. Don't you want your kids to be Mm -hmm. supremely good at handling conflict? Don't you want them to be more mature than the average uh, person out there so that they can help diffuse conflict Mm -hmm. and lead in that? See, that's so important. A lot of times we we can get really caught up in the day today and the tomorrow and the week and the month when really part of having vision is is motivating because it's thinking about how I want my kids to be someday and then tying that into today's realities and how do we alter today's realities from our influence to catapult a better path in an area for our kids in their futures and so that is what this is about and we want our kids to look at our marriages and go I want that and do you want your kids yelling at each other when they're married? I don't think we want any of that. So mm-hmm. there's different levels of struggle people have with this in their families mm-hmm. in different ways. But I'm sure yeah. the things we're talking about will help everybody in some way. And I would say, too, that this should, if, if anything else, this should help you to have compassion and grace with other people who are in different places in their family units 
maybe don't operate how yours do if this is something that you guys have mastered, right? Um, and, and even I, I say this because a lot of people, we all have experiences from growing up too, right? And those things affect our parenting. They can either affect it in a good way or a bad way. And that is our choice. That's our opportunity for growth, right? Um, To decide, hey, I'm not going to continue this legacy or this generational sin. Or I'm I'm going to, um, or, or some people just naturally just do what has been done to them or what they experienced in their life because they were trained up in it. And it becomes their natural way of being because they weren't trained and disciplined. And when I say disciplined, think of like a, a someone who's working out and they have discipline and they go every day to the gym, right? Like that's a person of discipline. Mm-hmm. And so we are all disciplined in something, okay? Yeah. And so we've either been disciplined in practicing good behavior regarding communication or in bad behavior regarding communication. And so we have to be honest about our upbringing, our training, if you will, and what we've been disciplined in so that we can take a really good, accurate view of ourselves first, because this is what this message always starts with. Um, We always need to look at ourselves and then we want to look at our marriages. We want to have communication about this, like, oh, honey, where do you think I need to get better at this? And, And vice versa. And then you take it into your communication with your children. And we have a couple of verses that we're going to share with you guys regarding this just to, to kick it off right, okay? I want to take a moment and give you something for free, if you haven't got it already, is the Date Night One Sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will has some key questions on it for your date night to just get in alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to CourageousParenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Um, Also, you can get all of our show notes and everything at CourageousParenting.com. And I also just want to share real quick about the Parenting Mentor Program. So many families are being transformed by going through this. Uh, It's the six-week self-paced program uh, with live engagement from us and even direct interaction. So if you want to join us, uh, here's a little bit more about it. You can find out more at CourageousParenting.com. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations, or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's, let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. So Isaac, do you want to read from First Colossians 3.21? Yeah, thanks for picking them out today, honey. Yeah. Um, we have fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. I love that verse. It is so important. And I would say it's mothers too. Yeah. And so it's uh, super important. We have to really take that to heart because Mm -hmm. we don't realize how 
deeply we might be discouraging our kids. Discourage, discouraged isn't just a moment thing. Discourage can be scars that mm-hmm. stay with kids. And you never know what kind of moments will be those memories that last a long time. Yeah. But you don't want to create the wrong ones. Right. I mean, we were just talking about this, like how anybody can provoke anybody to sin, right? In that sense of like, we're all humans and we all can push each other's buttons at times. And we, as the person that is potentially being tempted or being provoked, being maybe being yelled at or, um, or whatnot, maybe not being appreciated. You're constantly working. I know that as a mom, I'll just speak up for moms because we work a lot, right? We're constantly changing diapers, cleaning the house, doing laundry, cooking, la, 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 la. And to be doing that constantly and maybe not getting appreciation, that can be the beginning of the provoking to maybe snapping, right? And especially if there is unappreciation and then there's attitude back from kids that can really snap into um, yelling or, or depending on the person's conflict strategy, they might become really sad and quiet and discourage themselves. They might be provoked into that. And then they might just stop doing what they were doing before, stop caring for the family in the way that they were. Right. Yeah. And so, um, we just need to be aware that, and we need to teach our kids. This is the, this is the key part of this is that when we're raising our kids up, you guys, we have to talk to them. We have to communicate and teach them how relationships work because they're not born just knowing how relationships work. Think about a newborn baby. They come out. The only way they can communicate is by crying and yelling and screaming, right? And hopefully um, moms are responding um, at a point where the baby doesn't come to a place of screaming because that's actually where it begins, I believe. If yeah. you are responsive to your child and you're trying to figure out what's wrong with them, that actually sets the tone for their toddler years as well because if you don't respond to them, right, and, you, and then it, what it does is it trains your child that they actually have to scream bloody murder to get your attention. And we right. don't want to create pathways of training them that way. But before we yeah. fully dive in here, uh, we just appreciate you being part of the One Million Legacies movement. Uh, it is so powerful what God is doing. And every time you share, mm-hmm. every time you give us a five-star review, all it takes is a tap on iTunes. Every time you recommend, uh, it really helps perpetuate the movement. Every time you purchase something, it helps us keep going. So we really appreciate that. All show notes and everything are courageousparenting.com. Feel free to get them there. And uh, we're going to dive in. So the first point is treat your kids how you would want to be treated. And then as another point to that is treat them how they would want to be treated. There's actually a difference and both are right. Right. And so this actually is based upon the second commandment, right? Jesus said the first commandment was to love the Lord your God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. Not meaning that you're going to be loving your neighbor the way that you would want to be loved, but meaning that you would love your neighbor in the sense that you would want to be loved the way you want to be loved. So everybody's, everybody's differently and everybody has different conflict strategies. It's good to study that. It's good to understand the different personalities because uh, every negative conflict strategy of every personality is equally challenging, mm-hmm. but some of them are more overt. Some of them are more apparent and certain people, it doesn't make it okay, but some people just get quiet and don't, Im- and don't involve mm-hmm. themselves. And some people uh, interrogate and get critical, critically minded. Some people... 
get really angry and it's more overt and they stomp off and they, they pop their chest and, and, and scream and yell. And some people are more manipulative with screaming and yelling. So, or emotions. Or, or <laughs> emotional manipula- manipulation, things yeah. like that. Now, that's some generalization. There's all kinds of varying things in between. But uh, it's good to understand that and all are equally bad because you could have some kids that uh, just stop involving themselves. Mm-hmm. And then you could have another kid that's outwardly angry. And you always only tend to the negative of the outwardly angry person. So you really have to see what's going on inside their hearts. You have to ask mm-hmm. questions to really understand. Uh, this is about yelling. So it is about those personalities that are more tending, more overt, yeah. more tending to yell. Yeah. And you have to also know your personality are you, and how you're wired. Probably, mo- a lot of marriages marry people who are different than them. And you do that on purpose in, in a lot of ways, they, they think. But it's uh, it's pretty cool because we can complement each other. Mm-hmm. But wherever we're different, there's also potentiality for friction. And so mm-hmm. we need to embrace who we are, how God made us, embrace how God made our kids, and embrace how God made our spouses. Right. And that is a big step to being able to treat people how you would want to be treated. But then also keeping in mind, how are they different and how might they want to be treated differently than me in communication? Yeah. It's a huge deal. And I think that, so what we're talking about here, you might be going, wow, this is, this is really good. Like just talking about the different conflict strategies of kids and, and you might be thinking, oh, well, which one of my kids lands in which and which one do I land and where does my spouse land? All good questions. Maybe we can go into that more in depth in a different podcast sometime. But you guys, the point that we're trying to make is that it's important that you evaluate and that you specifically train your kids up in understanding how to communicate. And if we aren't doing that, then we and then we're expecting good behavior. We're expecting them to have self-control over their temper, for example, but yet we haven't taught them what the Bible says about having self-control over their thoughts taking every thought captive we haven't taught them that self-control is a fruit of the spirit that jesus can help them if we haven't if we haven't modeled that for them and we haven't taught them what the word says and we haven't taught them about yeah you and your sister just communicate very differently because you are wired differently and that's okay no one needs to change to be more like you you don't need to change to be like them you just need to understand that you're communicating differently and be more patient and have long suffering with one another understanding this is actually preparing them for all of their relationships in the future. That's what the family is, right? Like the the family relationships are the core of society. They are also a training ground and an image bearer of the family of God. This is where our kids get to practice and experience being who they are. And we as parents need to let them be who they are, but also train them up and teach them how to operate Understanding what their temptations to sin are and to choose to have self-control in the moment. How to recognize their physiological symptoms of when they're heading into conflict and that they would learn tactics or um, skills that they can use so that they don't wind up blowing up. Because that's what we're really talking about today. How to prevent yelling from happening in your home. So I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 through 4. The focus verse is actually on verse 4 which is to parents, but I think that it's important that we recognize that in this little section and these four verses, God's talking to both children and mothers and fathers. 
Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Don't we want that for our kids? We want them to be able to live long on the earth, to experience getting married, having a family of their own, having the joys of fulfilling the purposes that God created them for, figuring out who they are. This this is an exciting thing, you guys. But they have God gives them a promise here. It says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. So it's tying in that Old Testament scripture that's still fully relevant today, fully in place today, because Jesus did not come to extinguish the law. He came to fulfill it. Here we are in Ephesians in the New Testament, and he's bringing that in again. Then in verse four, it says, and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. So this is the thing. Warning to parents. Obviously, it says fathers, but it's to both parents, not to provoke your children to wrath. What's wrath? Yeah. Wrath is anger. And here's the thing. When you're in wrath, however that looks for any person, it's you're beside yourself. Yeah. You literally are, are not completely in control of yourself sometimes. You might think you're in control, but the control you have is to continue in wrath. Mm-hmm. And you might be making decisions on the next wrathful statement to make. But until you cool down, until you remove yourself temporarily from the situation and get some insight, pray, um, you know, read the Bible. Put worship take, music on. Worship yeah. music on. Take a walk. Mm-hmm. You need to do that. So if things are escalating in your mind, in your heart, you can see, you can feel the physiological triggers that could be happening. I have this vein right here. You can see it if you're on the video, but it starts... Pulsing. It says pulsing on so, him if he gets um, upset. So unfortunately, I have a really easy indicator everybody can see. Well, that's probably helpful for me. That and the jaw cleansing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, and we, but and I have a scowl, and so like everybody has their thing that they yeah. do. And you know, one day I was, I was, I, I was pretty upset about something and I could tell that I was scowling, right? It's kind of like what I look like when I'm squinting my eyes because of the sun, kind of like right now. Um, and I decided, Angie, you need to go look at what your face is. So I tried to freeze my face and go stand in front of the mirror. And I looked at myself and I went, oh, I can get kind of scary looking (laughs) when I'm mad. And it just was a super conviction to me because that's what my children see if I am upset or offended by them. Right. And if you listen very closely to our first, um, first seasons podcast, which are really good, by the way, if you haven't listened to those, we have some on why your children don't obey you and how to get your kids to respect you. Um, those are essential. Like the respect one is about showing your kids respect first, because that's where they learn and then they reciprocate it. Right. And so I'm bringing that up because that's the main theme of that podcast. That was our, what our, like our fourth podcast we ever did fantastic podcast one of the most popular and you guys that's what this comes down to is when we understand that our role is not that our kids would be perfect and that they have perfect behavior and we like if you want your kids to have good behavior then you're going to have to put in the work and the work is in teaching and in training in the san- in the sense of sitting down and communicating with them and talking to them and helping them to have perspective. Let me give you an example. So and one of our kids is having a hard time and he gets in a fight with one of his siblings. This just happened this morning, okay? Um, one of the kids lost their temper. They got a little physical. It was one of our little ones. He got a little physical with one of his older brothers because he told him no on something. And I had to go and have a talk with him. And I said, listen, first of all, how would you like it if that brother did that to you? 
how would you like it if he treated you that way? Oh, I would, that would hurt. And I was like, yeah, so you need to treat him the way you want him to treat you. That's the second commandment. That's what we're talking about, right? Yeah. As soon as the kids get, oh, I don't like it if my sibling yells at me. Yeah. So I shouldn't yet then yell at them. It's like a light bulb goes on. But we as parents can't just expect our kids to know that. Most adults don't even know this, right? And they're beside themselves, and they having a hard time getting out of the angry feelings and the emotional uh, outbursts and these kind of things. So they need their own mechanisms. You need to help them learn how to cool down. Right. And, teach and, them. And teach them about skills. that. And learn. It might be different for different kids. I mean, right. we have to treat them uniquely. One kid, it might be, uh, you know, go into his room and kind of cooling down. But if in, in the emotional outburst, if you're just like, go to your room, you know, and you're yelling at them, that's going to just, I mean, cause a slam yeah. door potentially behind. But if instead you're, you're talking with them, it's not necessarily, it's not time to punish yet. Uh, it's not time to pick the discipline yet. It's not time to figure all that out. It's time to help them teach them. There's a bigger purpose here. Teach them yeah. how to get out of being emotionally charged and how to cool down. And, the, and it might become a positive to take a break in the room versus a negative. I have to tell you guys, like, there isn't a lot of, like, having to give consequences to our kids. Because usually when we talk about things, it just doesn't really happen very often anymore. Now, of course, there's some things that are habits, right, that are hard, harder to break. And that's where you as parents get to have patience and you grow in your long suffering as you're walking through your kids figuring out how to have self-control over whatever bad habit it is, right? But I will say that the number one reason I believe... I, I, this is a, an opinion, okay? The, the reason I believe so many people struggle with having peace in their home and they struggle with their being yelling in their home is simply because those parents don't take the time to do the hard work, which, and what I mean by the hard work is that it's actually not physically hard. What it is is that it's, it's patient work. It takes time. They take, it takes time. They don't take the time to be patient and to sit and to listen and to have those communication conversations. You guys, that's what this is really about, is if you were having more conversations with your kids, and this is something that we've learned from experience over the last 20 years, you guys. If you take the time to talk it out, if you take the time to listen to your kids, and then you, then you say, okay, now can I have a moment to share some of my observations with you? They're usually pretty reasonable, and they listen. Now, here's what's really important not to do. As you're listening, sometimes parents can restoke the fire. You can restoke oh, yeah, by holding out in front of them. Okay, it starts to fizzle down, and then you go, boom, but this. And then and then there's anger again. And kids do that to each other, right? And kids so, do it to their parents, yeah. So, so we all do this, and, it, and it's important to really – one of the worst things you can do is make someone not feel heard or listened to in conflict and some people need to say a lot of words before they actually feel heard this is a personality driven too and some people say very few words and they feel heard and some people it takes a lot of prying to get any words out so that then they feel heard and so there's different approaches with different people and you got to learn your kids and you got to understand and don't impose the way you are which is maybe like me it, I could have a tendency of not wanting to hear too many words 
Okay. So I have to have to have long suffering, have to stay the course and have to have this conversation in my head. Oh, this person needs to tell me lots of words, even if I already got it. I'm quick. I got it. I understand what's going on. If I say something right now and say, I got it, that's going to put them in a further emotional. Right. Because they're going to be like, you can't get it. I didn't even tell you. And you don't know what I was going to say, right? And so how many of your kids might potentially be thinking that and they just maybe get quiet because you're the parent and you're like, no, I told you to go to your room or you're grounded or whatever, right? And they go away and they think, my parents aren't listening to me. They don't know what was going on. They don't really love, like it literally one thought spirals into another because the kids haven't been taught how to take their thoughts captive under the obedience of Christ. And let's talk about depression for a second. We're not experts in depression by any means, but let's talk about depression for a second. So if the kid goes to the room and then they go on the spiral and just talking about, they go, my mom or my dad doesn't understand me. Then they take it a step further because we're an emotional, we start taking things too far. And then we go, they don't know me. And then we might take it a step further as a kid and go, nobody knows me. And then they take it a step further and go, nobody likes me. I'm not worthy. And they, they take all these steps and it could be triggered by a consistent riff with parents and a consistent way parents are dealing with them that gets them to start believing all these lies because what's the enemy trying to do? He's trying to help them believe lies. So you don't want to feed the enemy believing lies because you can't have self-control in conflict with your kids. And therefore you can't guide them and teach them out of losing control. So what's interesting about this verse that I think is really important and this just dawned on me is it says, And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but, but, and when it says but here, it's almost like it's saying, but instead do this. Okay, so don't provoke them. Don't provoke your children to wrath. But... So here's like the actual answer for how to raise your kids the opposite of provoking them to wrath. But bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. What's the admonition of the Lord? It's understanding what God's word says. If you're not teaching what God's word says and you're not equipping them, it's not even just about teaching them, you guys. It's it's equipping them with how to communicate in a way that is kind. I mean, think about all the verses out there that say, as far as it is, as far as it is possible for you to be at peace with everyone, there's verses on being kind and tenderhearted and loving toward one another. In fact, let's read one of them. It's in Ephesians 5 um, or Ephesians 4, right? Isaac yeah. verse 29 says, no, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impact grace to your he- hearers. And then it just continues on. It says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. The reality is, is if you're not walking in this and you're not walking and being kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another in your marriage. Yeah. If you're not being kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another to your kids, even as God in Christ forgave you, then your kids are not seeing the gospel and they're not going to be attracted to you just saying, oh, you need to believe in Jesus. If you're not walking out the things that are in the word of God, this would be the admonishing, what was it? Oh, admonition of the Lord, right? So just thinking about what does the Bible actually say? We're good. And, um, And we need to just remember that in this, we are 
we are responsible for one modeling what the word says two teaching our kids what the word says and three equipping them with the tools of what the word says so that they can live a better life. Amen. So we have covered one of the four keys so far. So this is a two-part series. And the second key was uh, is about yelling louder. And when we think that's working and why it never works. And we'll talk about that. And then part two, we have two great tips for you. Train your kids on how to effectively communicate in conflict and mm-hmm. how to diffuse yourself Uh, from yelling how to prevent that in the first place so let's finish this second tip and then we'll be on our way but this has been a stimulating conversation so far I'm sure Mm -hmm. it's helped a lot of you so sometimes we fool ourselves to go in the second point here that uh, yelling louder works so there's yelling going on and then the parent comes in with the bravado not in a positive way and uh, they really lay it on and everybody gets quiet I know that uh, I have the ability to do that. I know that Angie has the ability to do that. Oh, yeah. And we uh, try to make sure we don't do that because what we've seen is, although it looks like it works, everybody gets quiet, everybody listens, and you could say inside yourself, oh, yeah, good thing I spoke louder. It works. And you know what? It doesn't work. It fails because, yeah, you got their attention through intimidation. Yeah, you got their attention through being extremely angry and sinning yeah you got their attention okay they're quiet they're submissive right now but why are they submissive not because of love it's because of fear so you you never want to do that you don't want to make that mistake if you've made that mistake repent and ask for forgiveness ask for god to give you wisdom because he will help you with that it's just not a way to be a better way is to lead in the opposite way gentle quiet with reason eye contact um, separating people, listening, um, carefully. listening carefully, yeah. trying to understand, diffuse the situation with your calmness, not with your emotional lack of self-control that you yeah. think is self-control um, and it works. And so you keep doing it. See, we can anchor ourselves uh, to be motivated to have bad behavior on a consistent basis with our family. And you don't want to do that. Just because something appears to work doesn't mean it's working. I think that it's really important that people hear us say this uh, this phrase this phrase is in my mind nowhere in scripture does it tell parents to control their homes like in a controlling way that is a Amen. fleshly arrogant prideful self-motivated action would be control yeah it does say to, it does say a wise woman builds her home that's very different than controlling and the important thing that we need to realize is that if we want to equip our kids to have strong marriages, to be good parents themselves, then we have to have an, that this key element that Isaac was just talking about. And the element is humility. Amen. Humility of when we do mess up, we're quick to apologize. We're quick to change. We're quick. Are you quick? Are you honest? You know, so many times in the podcast, we've encouraged you guys to take the rose-tinted glasses off and look at your kids. But you got to take the rose-tinted glasses off and look at yourself first. Yeah. And when your kids see you as a humble leader, 
who loves them and wants what's best for them because that is what's communicated to them, that you are on their team, that you want to equip them, that communication like this is dangerous and unhealthy and that you want to teach them how to have good communication habits. All of a sudden, everything changes because they see your heart. They see your motivation. They see your intention. It's not that you're overly concerned with being embarrassed because of their bad behavior in public. It's that you actually love them and you want them equipped so that they can have a successful life full of good, healthy, godly, biblical relationships. So just what behaviors might be anchored in your life that you think are good, but are really bad? That, are, that work in the short term, but in the long term are sowing discord, sowing my parents don't know me, they don't understand me. Yeah. Uh, I don't have freedom to share, uh, you know, ask questions and share, you know, aspects of who I really am and mm-hmm. all these things. We don't want any kind of fear-based environment in our homes. And if you have validated yelling because everybody gets quiet and they finally listen to you, then you might be creating a fear-based environment in your home. I know that's something that Angie and I have purposed not to do in our family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we worked really hard on it. Do we make mistakes at times? Do you make mistakes at times with things? Sure. But we have to be quick to repent, quick to apologize so that the kids then are recalibrated to go, oh, what mommy did or what daddy did was wrong. That's not the way to be. If yeah. you don't, guess what you're saying to them? That is the way to be. And you're a hypocrite if you're trying to hold them accountable for not losing their temper when you're losing your temper. Like that just is not acceptable. It's flat out not acceptable. That's one of the best ways to provoke your children, which the Bible commands you as parents not to provoke your children. And so I I think this is a really huge topic. We have covered quite a lot in this first episode. We will talk about it some more in the next. God's so good. We were thinking, what could we talk about and, uh, we, you know, when you're on the road trip, there's all kinds of things going on. Our kids are in the RV behind us and, yeah. and they're awesome. But it's, uh, but it's just amazing how the spirit leads and boom, I think this might be the best episode we've ever done. I, I hope think, so. I think that we'd the love pra- to hear your the, thoughts, the practicality of it yeah. and the reality of this and families. And if we solve this, the, the positive mm-hmm. repercussions of this is just so great. Yeah. So in the next episode, we're going to give you guys some tips and tools on how to cultivate a more peaceful environment um, in regards to. So the contrast of a yelling environment um, and some really key strategies that I think are going to be helpful for you guys moving forward. So, hey, share the movement, and we appreciate you guys' blessings. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.